Welcome everyone. I'm Jeffrey Goodman, Director of Marketing and Development for the YMCA of Northwest Louisiana. And we're here today for Shreveport Bossier, my city, my community, my home. And our guest is Robert Trudeau, who I'm super excited to talk to. I've known Robert a long time, but never really had this opportunity. So Robert, thanks for being here. Thanks, Jeffrey. Uh, it's an opportunity for me to, um, you know, a community-minded guy like you. So we have a lot of things in common, and it's good to get them down on videotape so other people can take a look at them. Absolutely. Well, I've got some questions for you. So uh, here's where I want to start today. Um, the question I'm going to ask you, I've asked a couple of our guests previously, and it feels only appropriate to ask you. Here's the question. The question is, you have a friend or friends coming to visit Shreveport Bossier. They've never been here before and only have two days in town. Where all do you take them to give a sense of your Shreveport Bossier? It's a terrific question for me because I'm the guy who takes people on walking tours around the city, pointing out not just the history, by the way, but the uh, renewal of, this, of the city that's going on and especially downtown. So uh, it's my job. Uh, by the way, I do driving tours as well. So when I have a person who's a compromised in terms of mobility and so forth, just throw them in the minivan and drive around. Um, you know, with the, by the way, my tours are partly planned and partly organic, you know, partly, you know, we seek the uh, surprises. And um, so uh, Old Downtown is the place to start. You know, it has been there since the 1830s. It's where we built from, you know, we built up Texas Street and um, so there's still a plenty of material there for us to look at and feel transported by. Um, then secondly, if you take um, Texas Avenue, not Texas Street, but Texas Avenue, then you go to another historic territory that is very important. And that's kind of me, my alternate um, walking route, you know, my history tour. It's a municipal auditorium. It's Oakland Cemetery. And from Oakland Cemetery, we can look out over the Bottoms neighborhood, which is a very important part of uh, Shreveport history. Then we go on Christian Street, uh, up past the Victorian houses that we have uh, saved. And then we get to Texas Avenue um, leading away from the city. And this will show you a, a part of what was Black Shreveport's first spirit, um, kind of uh, passionate, um, you know, fun district. The, um, the coolest place to be if you were a black person on the weekends of the turn of the century, 1910, let's say, clothing shops, pool halls, uh, centers for uh, drink and, and food and, and entertainment of all kinds, uh, right there on Texas Avenue, the 1100 block and the 1200 block. So those are my favorite places in Freeport um, to, to take someone and to show the around. Thank you. Absolutely. And I'm going to use a few quotes of yours. Um, you once said, uh, renovation, new energy, and recognition of the history of our town is the key to our future. Yes. For the last several years, which you've talked about, you've, uh, this is going to be a super long question, so hang in there with me. You've, okay. led, you've led walking tours, one east of Common downtown and one west of Common. I also believe you do one through Betty Virginia Park. Yep. Uh, 
I was fortunate enough, as well as Ellen, uh, to do the two, well, I did two of them, she did one, to, the, to do the two downtown tours recently with you, and it gave me a far deeper sense of appreciation for so many aspects of our community. After doing the tours, I told you I felt that every Caddo Parish high school student should do these two tours with you, and I hope to help see if I can't make that collaboration possible. A recurring theme on our podcast has been our community's low self-esteem and our difficulty at keeping our best and brightest. In my opinion, participating with you on these tours can't help but increase someone's feelings for our community and to do the tours with our future while they're still young can only be a positive thing. Anyway, there are several possible questions here. First question is, would you please share a couple of your favorite stories about our community's past that you've learned through your research to prepare for these different walking tours. Thank you, uh, a lovely question. You know, um, I agree with you. Our self-concept is one of the keys to um, making our city, remaking our city. Um, you know, we have so many advantages being in the middle of the country and having uh, resources and water and land and people, um, we simply need to be a little better at bringing those, um, those energies into line with each other to, um, you know, retain population, to uh, build the, um, the fabric, you know, not wait for the big um, factory to open, but instead to uh, rebuild the city from uh, ground level. So um, that's what I feel like I'm in the business of helping people do that. So show them what we've done, show them the way it was, show them um, the next thing, uh, poss possibilities. So um, when I think about some great example of, uh, I think of Norman the Barber. Norman the Barber was a free black man, and uh, so he's, he's an important icon for us because he is African American, but he's an interesting one because he is not enslaved during the slavery period. He is not only that, but he is a, a tradesman, independent entrepreneur, barber, and, um, but he's also a musician, interestingly. And he is the, um, one of the main uh, members of uh, Ethiopian Orchestra, which was the first society band in Shreveport. They played when the planters had a ball, the planters needed a break from, uh, and this is the time of year, you know, Christmas and holiday season when they would be playing, he would be playing his fiddle, you know, and there would be a guitar player and a horn player. And, um, it was uh, a group of men who had uh, city council permission to violate the curfew laws that uh, guided black people's uh, lives. And they could stay out later by virtue of uh, official decree uh, so that they could get more rehearsals in. So um, it's an example of bending the rules a little bit, of encouraging the arts in our town, encouraging the ways that we naturally work together. And so um, he, Norman the Barber, Norman C. Davis, um, today, by the way, there are two streets in downtown Shreveport that are named, there's Norman Street and Davis Street, because we came to recognize as a city the power of this man's personality. <laughs> I mean, he was. He was at a time when black men need not open, to think of opening a business on Texas Street, this is for white folks, um, he had a business on Texas Street. He was a barber, 
He had a, a shop, a barber shop in one of the best hotels on Texas Street. So he um, triumphed that way. And then later, a, a friend of his, a realtor, a prosperous gentleman uh, who um, realized that uh, he could help Norman move ahead by cutting a really nice real estate deal that favored Norman. And he sold him a plot of land um, on Texas Avenue, at, which at the time was out of the country, you know, not in the downtown area. And Norman sat on that for a while, thought about it, learned more about real estate, learned how to divide it, and, and then began to sell. As the city grew, all of a sudden he was in the great position of having land that was valuable, more valuable than anything that he paid for. So uh, he became a wealthy man in the process he taught his son how to be a realtor and developer in the process. Um, it's a terrific story about how the ideal life in Shreveport grows and happens and helps everyone. Any other story? Like, is there one other one just as you that you just love about our past that was just you know, a huge discovery for you? Because again, Ellen and I, I. I think every single person in Shreveport Bossier should go do a tour with you because it just it was it was it was so eye-opening for me, so inspiring. Um, there are things I will never look at the same. There are things I will never discredit or ignore again. Um, having now have had had some foundation and some education and some a lens through which to see it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I, I can't recommend highly enough to, to everyone out there that is interested or not even interested, everyone out there who lives here to go do this with you. So, well, thank you. It's, boy, it feels good to have that um, response and that recommendation because it's, um, you know, history is a difficult thing. Most people look at history as something pretty boring, but I don't. <laughs> So I want to uh, try to transmit my enthusiasm about what happened then. Uh, it, it's like reading a novel, you know? Um, let's see, let's bring in a female, powerful female, um, a woman from New Hampshire who came down here when this was all woods. You know, she became a pioneer woman. I don't know what drove her on because we don't have detailed notes about her life, but she was Mary Bennett Kane. She is considered the mother of Shreveport, as well as the mother of Bossier City. Uh, Bossier City was initially called Kane City after her and her plantation. She came here and, and with her husband from New Hampshire, and they opened a store on the edge of the Red River. And they, when no one was here, and but this was a crossroads. Okay, settlers are moving west. America's on the move. People are looking for new farmland. People are uh, on their way to Texas and, and westward. And this is a great place to cross um, the um, Red River and go south to connect with the uh, Spanish Trace and then go into Texas and continue your westward uh, journey. And so um, they build a store here on the edge of the Red River and they prosper. And eventually they have a ferry that helps people get across this sometimes angry river um, and they um, they sell basic goods, hardware, you know, liquor. <laughs> that was real basic to the pioneers. So um, 
she is, um, oh, she loses her first husband to something that we've all heard about in regards to Shreveport's historic um, difficulties, and that is yellow fever. It was actually something that didn't just affect people in Louisiana and Texas, it affected people all up and down the East Coast. Wherever the, the mosquito was not killed by the cold winters, that was a state in which you could expect a certain amount of yellow fever to happen. So um, she lost her husband to um, yellow fever. She married his business partner, the uh, third member of the um, group that ran this store. And though, um, and she lived actually past him. He died also of yellow fever, showing you how frequently uh, a part of our pioneers' lives that was. And so, um, and then he, <laughs> she buried a, a riverboat gambler eventually, according to the record. That did not last long. But this powerful woman, um, a, a bit like um, Cora M. Allen over on Texas Avenue, we have these powerful women in Shreveport. We need to recognize them. I don't think we do, not nearly enough. Love it. And there's so much more like that for yeah. anyone that participates uh, with you. So again, uh, can't endorse it highly enough. Uh, so Robert, I've known you since I came back to town in 2005. And you always struck me as someone who sees opportunity where others see challenges. I recently stumbled on another quote of yours and it's as follows. I love Shreveport because it is a city of opportunity. When you look around the 600 block of Texas Street, as I do, you probably see an aging city, but I see beautiful, glamorous brickwork and plenty of opportunity for businesses to be started up and to follow in the footsteps of people who were very successful in this block in a bygone era. Yes. My question is, how do we get more of our people to feel great about living and being in Shreveport Bossier? Well, you know, we need more leadership. And so those of you who are listening to this who say, well, I'm, I'm a small player, I'm not a, a leader, um, I'd like for you to rethink that and see whether or not you can find a little bit of um, that spark down inside you, you know, because we need every bit of it that we can get. And sometimes people don't realize how much um, opportunity there is for them to step up a little bit more. So, um, you know, when you see um, at your high school or when you see at your neighborhood center the possibilities for changing something, um, I'd like to encourage everyone to make that suggestion to be the a bit of change themselves and then see where that spark leads. Um, I recently started um, volunteering at a school in the part of it, a very old part of Allendale, and it is so cool to be in a, in a neglected part of the city and to see what others have done prior to me um, to help rebuild the neighborhood and help um, shore up the neighborhood and um, it's, um, you know, there's inspiration around us. It's just that we um, don't always engage our brain to recognize it. So um, we do have, you know, give me a call if you have any uh, thoughts about um, getting activated here and uh, give me your profile and um, I'll be happy to give you some response as to what direction we might 
take your energy. How do people get in touch with you? Uh, on my phone, uh, 318-272-6045. It's out there all across the internet. So uh, just give me a call and um, I'll be happy to hear from you. And you're also real active social media wise. Where, where can people find you on social media? Um, yes, that's a good question. Uh, Facebook, Shreveport History Tours, or just under my name, Robert Trudeau. And then um, Instagram, uh, there's Trudeau111, and there is also Trudeau.art. Those are a couple of places that, uh, especially people who are in, in, Instagram-minded, can find me active. Perfect. Well, Robert, at the, at the end of 2016, I think this is right, after 35 years, you retired from teaching at Caddo Magnet High, where you had taught world geography, video journalism, and fine art survey, maybe other things as well, but I know you taught those subjects. Yes. As, as someone who spent a career with our young students, my question is, how do you think we do a better job in the future of convincing our best and brightest to come back here after college? Well, that, that's one of the key questions, you know. Uh, people leave my own children, some of them whom went to Caddo Magnet, um, a couple of them graduated from Bird. They live in Texas because, or in, in New Orleans, because that's where the work is, you know, and that's regrettable. They would be such, and they were once upon a time, such good citizens of our city, you know, but we've lost them to the job opportunities. So we need to develop more job opportunities here. And um, actually our high schools, because I worked in them, I know that they are kind of a laboratory for uh, development. And you, um, you watch the students in the, uh, in fact, I love the fact that Bird High School now has a hydroponics department. You know, that is so cool. That, that leads to careers, that leads to deeper thinking, that leads to wider thinking than ever. So, and perhaps to healthier eating, you know. So um, these are, um, it's a good example, in my opinion, of how to push uh, a little bit more uh, in a gentle way toward opening up Shreveport and making it more appealing for the future. So high school uh, programs that involve students in, in innovative ways, uh, I'd love to do a, a walking tours. I think I will be doing them. Caddo uh, uh, Supervisor Keith Burton thinks well of my program, so I think I'm gonna do, be doing a lot more of these. The main thing is get them out of the classroom some of the time. Yes, there's time for academic work in the classroom, for sure. But some of the time they be to be released from those desks <laughs> and go out of the street, out of the in the territories. And kind of magnet I was lucky to have uh, by Pierre, very close to the campus. So I did a lot of uh, walking with students on the edge um, of the uh, Coats Bluff Trail, and. That was so enriching because so many students have simply spent a good part of their lives with their devices at, in some room somewhere, you know, and they're not um, stimulating themselves quite as much as they could. So those are leading toward responses to your question, Ava. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually, I don't know if you remember, but maybe three years ago, four years ago, you took me on a Coach Block tour and that was fascinating as well, uh, very memorable and um, very eye-opening.
it's so close to all of us in East Freeport, and yet um, it is so richly full of stimulation. And um, it's uh, lately the wildlife is returning to the uh, Bayou Pierre that goes through the Coast Club Trail. So it's kind of exciting uh, right now. Time to go visit. Just beautiful piece of property. Okay, so my next couple questions are, are more general. Uh, the first question is simply, in your opinion, uh, in addition to things you've already named, what's holding us back from being one of the next great small American cities? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, we have poverty. We have poverty, you know, lowers your, your expectations. Widespread poverty is, is a, a governor, you know, a, something around our neck that keeps us from even thinking more healthily. So um, that, you know, that's one of the difficulties of this. But you know what's, who's changing that is the women of Shreveport. The women are developing products, um, many of them small time, you know, not big sale of items, but instead personal items that uh, fit into a life and make things more positive. And they're spreading the word, you know, but hey, come to my party and you'll buy something and I'll go to yours and you'll, I'll buy something from you. And that's the kind of knitting together of intent and, um, and activity that can change a city actually. So right now I see our city as possibly being born by women, female power, you know, into the future that uh, will be retail as well as kind of inspirational, um, philosophical point of view. And, and those are areas in which we distinctly need and, and, and uh, we'll use those, those um, groups of people to um, change our lives here. And this wasn't one of my written questions, but I've been thinking about it for the last couple weeks. How do you, you've always struck me as someone who stays, in spite of your age, in spite of my age, who, who stays tapped in with the young, dialed in with uh, mm -hmm. what's still vibrant, what's still new, what's still happening. How, how do you do that and how, what kind of advice do you have for people who want to kind of know what's out there but it's maybe less readily apparent? Well, that's a good question. You know, um, there's, um, be curious about your city. Shreveport seems like a um, bedroom community, you know, where people are just totally comfortable and no change to speak of and that sort of thing. But there is change going on and there are young people who are developing vibrant things and you could support it if you're not, you know, whether you're young or not, you could seek it out and, um, find a, a music musician. Oh, a lot of visual artists are being found in Shreveport recently. You know, uh, they are, are being found and celebrated, you know, and um, this is a nice movement because um, this kind of uh, talent could put us on the map one day uh, more squarely than we are now. And uh, I can see uh, billboards on uh, I-20. Um, stop at Shreveport from uh, Bertha Harris to Bill Joyce this is a center of art activity, and you can buy some art here that will be distinctive in your house and, and make you smile the rest of your life as you look at it. Love it. All right, Robert. Well, I'm actually down to my last question, but we can talk as long as you like. Um, but my, my question simply, again, in addition to what you've already said, just what makes you optimistic as you look out into the community? Well, partly it says that I'm an optimist. 
partly it's that I'm doing something about it, you know? There are a lot of people in Shreveport who are doing things about it in a quieter way than I am, and they are steadily becoming, or have been, bulwarks of, of uh, high standards, of uh, positive energy, of uh, right behavior, ethical behavior, and um, when you begin to uh, chat with them, build bridges with those people that you see who are doing the right thing, that's probably a pretty good idea to build more of a, a convert conversation with them and um, and work with them as much as you can. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about that because I'm, I'm actually, the next guest we have on is uh, someone who you're aware of. He's actually coming today is Michael Pierce, who's scruffy, shabby, Shreveport. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the questions I'm going to ask him is just, I, I feel like he does a very good job as do you in, in building community, in building community around kind of what you're into and who you're into. Just talk to me a little bit about that process, just how you think about building community and, and, and just how that factors into your life. Well, you know, um, I, I think you don't have to be that self-conscious about it. You do what you feel is the most important thing to do you do it well and you apply yourself to it and do it consistently, then you, like you by the way, um, then it becomes a force. It becomes a stream. It becomes something that people can join in with and, and people feel well um, aided by. You know, you, oh, he's one of us. You know, that's a very positive and a very kind of exciting feeling when you're in a city that needs help. Um, but you know, the main thing that I'd like to point out is um, uh, try to find a little space. It's not easy. We live be busy lives. Try to find a little space to, to add a little additional outreach into the community. It doesn't have to be a volunteer necessarily um, situation. It can be just a little adventure outside of your, um, you know, um, just a little more chatting with your neighbors sometimes is what it takes that um, helps our city become even a greater uh, source of energy. Is there anything else you'd like to, that we didn't cover that you'd like to mention? <laughs> I, I didn't talk Mardi Gras. I know we could talk well, that's hours true. about Mardi Gras. Um, <laughs> that's, that's and true. we could talk hours about the history. We could, mm -hmm. um, I, I, uh, and, and I would enjoy it. But yeah. if there's anything else you want to mention, because yeah. like you said at the beginning, I mean, we are kind of telling the story of the community. and. We are trying to put down some of this history that may have been forgotten or maybe lost otherwise. And it, it was never mentioned. You know, one of the mis, uh, remarks that I hear on my tour is, "They never told us that." You know, <laughs> we never learned that. You know, and and I, I feel good about what I can add because truly, um, teachers don't necessarily have the resources or the time to do um, the kind of background on our community that ought to be done. So uh, I have a role to play, and uh, that's exciting for me, and I hope for other people, certainly it is for you. So um, look around for those opportunities, and by the way, those of you who'd like to uh, you know, drop me an email, question, suggestions, that sort of thing, um, I'm very open to that. So He you. is, and he's super responsive, and I think that's part of why you've been so successful at building community, too, is you're, you're very accessible and you're very responsive. Thanks, Jeffrey. I've enjoyed this. Thanks, Robert. Great to have you. One, two.